If you have your Bibles with you and you want to follow along with me, uh, you can go ahead and turn into the Old Testament, the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 4, uh, and you can mark that place, again, the book of 1 Chronicles, uh, chapter 4, and then you can turn over to the book of first, uh, excuse me, Isaiah, the first chapter. So the first chapter of the book of Isaiah, uh, you can turn to those two places. Again, 1 Chronicles, uh, chapter 4, and you can also turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 1. Uh, and that's the place that we're going to begin in just a moment is in the book of Isaiah chapter 1. Uh, but you can go ahead and mark the book of First Chronicles chapter 4. I am going to turn and read uh, a couple of verses in the New Testament. Uh, if you want to turn over there, you can. But I'm just going to just read those to you uh, for just a moment. And they're going to come back of the book of Matthew chapter 8. Uh, and I know we talked about these just a little bit a few weeks ago. Uh, but I want to read to you. Uh, we're going to get to 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and Isaiah uh, chapter 1 in just a moment. But let me read to you Matthew chapter 8. In the 16th verse. And when even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word. And he healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Jesus is quoting what's going to come from the book of Isaiah in just a moment. So let's go back to the book of Isaiah for just a minute. Now again, our scripture reading talks about how that he wants to heal all that were sick and fulfill the promises that Isaiah made. So let's go back and let's think about the book of Isaiah for just a minute. You see, the book of Isaiah in its entirety talks about God and how he's going to respond to his people and how the people are going to be in need. So this morning our title will be A Sinful Nation. A sinful nation, a people that are in need of God and also in need of what God provides. What I want to look at this morning is that, let's skip down to the sixth verse. Let me just read this verse to you if I may. And I want you to look at the condition the people were in. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 6 says this. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds, look at the condition the people had gotten in. From head to toe, he said, there were wounds, bruises, petrifying sores that they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Notice the condition the people had gotten into. Now, we are a clean people. We like to clean. We like to scrub things. We like to, uh, we like to take care of things and keep it clean. But I want to ask you this today, do you believe that it's possible that you can leave the, the cleanliness of lives, but we can have the most filthiness about our souls? And when we talk about a sinful nation, I want you to even notice this, a broken nation. And I'll even go as far as to say a hurting nation. Here when we read in the book of Isaiah is that this, this scripture that we're reading, it's almost like, uh, that, that a parent would tell a child that, that you need to wash up and you need to get clean even when the child doesn't notice that. Here we see that God's people had gotten to a point in their life where 
they had gotten, the problem that they had gotten into was they were still doing the ceremonies, they were still doing the rituals, but the heart wasn't in it. Today, how many people just simply go to church? How many people simply just read the Bible? How many people, they simply have religion, but they don't have a relationship? This morning, I'm not here to cast a stone. I'm not here to belittle anybody. But what I am here to tell you is, is that, folks, God intends for us to feast on a relationship with Him. Here in this first chapter of the book of Isaiah, notice what happened to the people. Skip down to the third verse. Isn't it amazing how the animals... By the way, if you any of you have pets... Do the pets know you and know you as the person that takes care of them and feeds them? I've seen cattle. I've seen lots of livestock that they know who it is that feeds them. They recognize them. When that person comes, they will come because they know it's feeding time. The ox knoweth his owner. The ox, even the animals understand who takes care of them. Do God's people remember who takes care of them? The ass, his master's crib. But Israel... Doth not know, my people doth not consider. People of Israel had gotten to a pretty sinful, deep sinful state. That's why I read to you the sixth verse. Look at the condition that they were in, in that sixth verse. And he talked about how, and he warned them in the book of Deuteronomy, if you rebel against me, if your heart does not stay in this, if you do not continue to, to strive and to be in fellowship with me, he said, there's going to come a time in your life that, that, that there will, you will experience pain. Folks, sin is something that brings pain. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. We are all people in our lives in different aspects and different phases of our life. We all experience these things. But here's the thing that, that the book of Isaiah is entirely about. What I read to you in Matthew is quoting Isaiah chapter 53. And that's exactly what Isaiah is coming to tell the people. That you're a sinful people and you're in need of a redeemer. And God's going to provide the redeemer. Read Isaiah. I love the book of Isaiah. It talks about how that, that God is going to send what we need. And folks, I have good news for everybody here this morning. God provides what you stand in need of. But are you going to take what God's given you? Are we going to listen to what God has given? And they were a nation today that, 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 that were, a, they were a defeated nation. Let's skip down to about the seventh verse of Isaiah, if that's where you're staying at a little bit this morning. Stay there in Isaiah chapter 1 for a minute. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, he said, strangers devour it in your presence. They're taking what's yours and they're doing it right in front of you. Well, that's a, 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 an odd place to be in, isn't it? And it is desolate. It's overthrown by strangers. Well, you can get into the... Skip down to about the, the... Well, let's skip the 10th verse. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom, and give ear unto the law of God, ye people of Gomorrah. So in these first... Six verses, God talks about how the need of a kingdom that's in need of him. By the way, the very first verse talks about the four kings that he was under. You can read about them. Uh, not all of them were good, 
But during these reigns, we see that Isaiah got to experience good and bad in his life. He understood the, the, the back and the forth, the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs of, of good times and bad times. But if you notice in these first six verses, he talks about the need for the people. For the very first verse said, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days. And these were prosperous kings. Not all, but some of them prosperous. Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah. They were all kings of Judah. But when you look at the problems that they had in the first six verses, and we'll even go on down to the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th verse of, of Isaiah. And bear with me as we kind of go through these, these scriptures in Isaiah this morning. But here we see today is that, that Israel had gotten to a place that they were even compared to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah, that's, that's a pretty low time that you're going to get in that God or that we are viewed upon as those that have turned to so much lust of the flesh and the pride of life that we have forgotten about God. L let's rewind for just a minute. What had gotten the people of Israel in the place they were in? They were going through the rituals, but in all the rituals that they were doing is that there was no heart behind what was there. So they were making sacrifices. There was just nothing behind the sacrifices. People are reading the word or they're going to church or they're, they're talking to God, but there's no heart behind that. We're going to talk about some of those things here in just a moment. But let's skip on down for just a minute. He said, so what happened to you is instead of doing things my way, instead of trying to live the life that I've told you to, instead of following my procedures, notice what they did in the 14th verse. This is what scares me in our society today. People get tired and impatient with God, so they come up with a new plan. Now these seasons... It, these seasons that he talks about, these moons, these were celebrations that were talking about God's deliverance. But what happened is, is that people got impatient with God, so they said, God, let's just change this up a little bit and let's see if we can come up with a new way, folks. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. There's only one way, and that's Jesus. But people will try to change that. There's only one word that has authority today, and that's God's word. Everything else is just something that, that, that is going to cause problems. It's going to cause pain. It's going to cause all these things that happen to us in our life. But listen to what Isaiah is telling here. He is telling us is that you got to a place that your new moons and your appointed feast. Isaiah said, my soul hateth. And they are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. Yea, when ye spread forth your hands, he said, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I want you to listen to this. It's a hard place to get to. But this is where God's people had gotten. He said, you even got to a place that when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. God's desire was for His people to be pure and clean. Folks, today, what is your desire today? Well, preacher, my desire was to get up, go to church, so I can tell everybody that's what you do on Sunday. You go to church, or do you have a desire to, to listen to God's Word, to apply God's Word to your life? Folks, today, hearing God's Word is one thing. Applying it is totally different. 
The blood of Jesus having it available is one thing. Having it applied is something else. To hear God's word and apply God's word. God said that's what happened to Israel. They were going through the ceremonies. They were going through the rituals. But they were not applying it to their lives and their relationship with God. Folks, we must apply God's word to our relationship and our life so that we can walk with him. For this this sinful nation that had happened, he's talking about the corruptness that they were there. Sometimes I feel like, have you ever seen a child get into a, the, the, the parents will tell them to wash their hands or to take a bath and they come out and there's dirt all over them? Why? Did they tell a lie? Well, okay, maybe they said they cleaned up, but they didn't. Or maybe they didn't get what we call clean. All of a sudden the parent will get a hold of something, they'll start really scrubbing them down and then all of a sudden they're showing that, that they got a little cleaner than what they thought they were. Folks, today, are you trying to clean yourself up or are you wanting God to clean you up? I'll go ahead and tell you this. God can clean you up better than you can clean yourself up. God can give you what you need more than you can give yourself. But here in the book of Isaiah chapter 1 is that, 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 that he's talking about the condition of the people. And that it was His words that was going out. And that it was His words that that the people stood in need of. A king or a queen, their words are good inside of their kingdom. But not worldwide. How many people do you know or that you can tell me that their voice is, is sufficient and powerful and substantial worldwide? Now, let's go a little further than that. Verse 2 said, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. Folks, I believe the words of God will stand in heaven, and I believe the words of God will stand on this earth too. Nobody else has power that they can do that. Nobody else has that authority other than God. God said, wait a minute. He said, I want you to hear. All of the heaven needs to hear this. All of the earth needs to hear this. For the Lord hath spoken. What's the statistic? I believe it was people talk on average of 7,000 words a day. Quite a bit. You start multiplying that by how many people's in the world today, there's a lot of words spoken. But folks, today, may we drown out the trillions of other words that are being spoken and may we only listen to God's word. All these other ideas. Well, this is what you should do. This is how you should do it. This is when you should do it. This is how you should do it, folks. Tune all those things out and listen to God. That was the problem is they were going through the ceremonies. They were listening to everybody else and they refused to listen to God. Folks, it is imperative. It is important that if we're going to be clean, we must listen to God and God alone. And this is what he talks about here in that, uh, that, that, I'm going to read that second verse. He said, hear, O heavens. He said, I want everybody to hear this. And he said, and I want you to hear O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. Do you believe that God speaks? I believe that God does. Let me read you a verse if I may in in the Psalms chapter 19 in verse 1 says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork day unto day utters speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. God is telling the people of Israel. He said, I'm talking to you, but are you going to listen? You're a sinful nation. You're a nation that's rebelled against me. You're a nation that's drifted from me. He said, but would you listen to me? You know what's amazing is, is that our society keeps shifting. It's just a shift. 
of what's okay and, and how you should do it and, and all these things. And all of a sudden, things you know, a, sh a house can shift very, very microscopic a little bit at the time until it finally just shifts off its foundation. You know, our society just gradually just keeps shifting and shifting and shifting from the foundations of God. And all of a sudden we wonder, Lord, why are we crumbling? Listen to that sixth verse again. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises. There was a, a devastation to these people. They were like a body that was going through some, some, some pretty devastation that they were experiencing in there in that sixth verse. But you know what? I believe that God can cause these things and I believe that God can give life. Matter of fact, he also tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, in the 32nd chapter, 39 verse, he said, I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. We a lot of times want to blame God for destruction and we want to blame God for pain. But you know what God also said? I can also give it back to you again. God is able to remove the pains that we have in our life. And you see, God came to Judah and God came to the people of Israel at a time that they needed Him. Folks, let me ask you this. Do you need God right now? I want to give you an answer. We all need God. To the person that's seemingly closest to God, to the person that's not saved, we all have a need in our life of God. Not just routines, not just ceremonies, not just boxes that we can check off saying I've done this, 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 and this. We need God and we need God to rule and reign in our life. And a sinful nation was hurting. There was pain that was inflicted upon them because they had turned from, the, 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 from God into this, the, the rituals of God. Folks, there's many people today that that's what salvation and their worship of God is. It's not a heart into it. It's just a mere process of the things that they go. Folks, I'm telling you, God is much more than a process that you go through. God is a relationship. A relationship that we are able to experience with Him. But, but notice what happened in that very first verse. He says, to Judah and Jerusalem and he gets down to that sixth verse he said from the sole of the foot even to the head you know how we say it from the tip of our toes to the top of our head he said everywhere they go they're seeing folks how many places can you go today that our world and our society is not just indulged in sin? Sometimes I want to go out in the world and I'm going to be pretty transparent with you. Sometimes I want to cover my eyes. Sometimes I want to plug my ears. Because these are things I do not want to see. These are things I do not want to hear. And folks, we're not just talking about just in one place, but everywhere you go we see a sinfulness and an acceptance of sin in our society. Folks, today, just because society says that something is okay does not make something okay. What does God's Word say? Isn't it amazing how the idea can come that we can do all we want as long as we go to church on Sunday that everything's okay, folks? Our relationship with God far extends Sunday mornings. Our relationship with God is all the days of our life. We need God's Word on Sunday and then Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday. We need God all the days of our life. And he talks about how that there was no soundness but wounds and bruises. I don't know about you, but I can agree with, with the prophet here by saying, sin's not doing good to anybody's life. Matter of fact, if sin does anything, it brings and inflicts pain upon us. 
God's people had gotten so used to and so comfortable in the sin and the things that they were doing that they were just, there were even talks about how there was no soundness. There was no soundness. The things that were accepted, the things that were tolerated, the things that were okay. And he talked about how that, that, that we infiltrate these things in our life. And we have to be careful that, that we say, God, keep our guard up and keep us protected. That we might have a hedge about us. That we might live a pure life. Folks, we're not a perfect people and we know that. Sometimes we become a hurting people. Sometimes we become a sinful nation that stands in need of God giving us the healing that we stand in need of. He said, they had wounds and bruises. We've said this already, but I'll say it again. Sin hurts. And notice today that sin does not bring comfort into your life. Sin brings discomfort into our life. I wish that I could tell you I was only experiencing discomfort just every now and then. But folks, I'll tell you, it's a constant battle with sin. I wish it was this easy. I wish all I had to do was get up and go to church a few hours on Sunday and I was done with sin for the week and I could come back the next week and we could fight him again and we're going to win, folks. What I found out with evil is it is a constant battle of good versus evil. But the good part is God will always win if we allow Him. The people of Israel got to that point there that they had these stink, these sores and all these things that were hurting and it says they have been closed they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. In other words, they had a need of something. They were hurting. What does a wound need? Medicine. I love about the, uh, when it talks about the, the, the Good Samaritan, it talked about how the, there was one that was needed and they always, and they would pull this medicine kit out. They were always prepared to give medicine for somebody that was wounded. Does anybody keep a band-aid in their billfolds or purses? Probably a lot of people do. We want to take care of things that are unexpected. Folks, today, aren't you glad today to know this? That at all times, in all places, in all circumstances, we have an ointment for our wounds, and that's the Word of God. The Word of God's not limited to Sunday morning. It's not like when you leave this place, that, well, I've left shallow. The Word of God's not, not good to me, folks. The Word of God's good for you everywhere you go. Matter of fact, I'll say this. I hope the Word of God is good for you on your jobs, in your homes, with your families, while you're out and about. I hope the Word of God's good for you everywhere that you go. Not just on Sundays for a little while, but may the Word of God be an ointment that we need. Not just a, a, a title that we can say, well, I've done this for the day, but something we need for they have not been clothed, neither bound up. He said, neither did they have anointment. Why? Because they were so concerned about their own rituals and ways they had lost about what the heart that they needed for God. Our scripture reading in the very beginning in Matthew talks about how that He comes to heal all of those that are hurting Let's turn back to if you saved it there in the book of First Chronicles chapter 4. I want to read to you an account today about a, a man by the name of Jabez. Jabez. Two verses in the entire Bible about Jabez. We don't hear a whole lot about it. But his name means to grieve. You know how these open wounds that we talked about in the sixth verse that the people of, that God's people were experiencing? Jabez 
if you'll go back, and let me read to you for just a second. I'm going to start reading to you the very first verse. The son of Judah, Perez, Hezron, and he keeps naming all these people. It's kind of like me going around the room, just start calling everybody by name, naming the people. But all of a sudden, we don't just get to Jabez and just keep going. Oh, wait a minute, Jabez. There's something you didn't know about him. Let's read the ninth verse. Jabez wasn't just a name. Notice what happened. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And the mother called his name Jabez, saying, remember his name? Because I bear him with sorrow. Folks, Jabez is going to overcome his name. Now, you named a child for one of two reasons. Either one, for the future of what you want that child to experience, but more commonly, it was for an event that you had had in your life. I don't know what kind of delivery problems that she had or maybe even carrying problems. Maybe she hurt. Maybe there were some, some complications along the way. I don't have a, we don't have any clue about what happened. In these two verses, all we know is this. Something must have happened with Jabez's mother because she named him this child of pain. And I don't know if she was asking for pain to be inflicted upon him, but she was saying this person is cursed by pain. Do you know what we all are as a people? Every one of us, we are cursed by the pain of sin. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 3, you know what God told the woman when she sinned? When she sinned, God said, now when you bring forth a child, you're going to feel the pains of it. Childbirth, obviously, is something I know nothing about. But I do know this, it hurts. And I just, I believe people when they tell me it hurts and it's a, it's a, it's a pretty deep pain without any kind of medicines. We're talking about a deep pain that's there. I believe them when they say that. Folks, I believe today that sin is not just kind of scratching the surface. I believe there's a deep pain embedded with sin. And Jabez, notice what happened that, that, that through all of this, that this chronologically, uh, People that we're talking about here, all of a sudden it says that, that he was more honorable than his brethren. We don't know much about Jabez, but we know this. He had morals and he had character and he had ethics. Today, what does God look upon? Does God worry about the score after a ball game? I love sports. Matter of fact, they're one of the most, most pleasurable things that I love to do. But I'll tell you this, God looks more favorable on a lifestyle that we live versus the outcome of what happens. And I did say that and I believe that. God is more worried about the kind of lifestyle that we live versus the results of what happens. For I'll tell you this, He controls the outcome of all these other things. But listen to what Jabez did. Jabez, it says that he was more honorable than his brethren. But it says, bear him with sorrow. When this man was cursed with pain, I'm talking about a name that means pain. Notice what we read in the 10th verse. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Folks, today, this is an old message that still rings true today. If we hurt, call on God. Did you hear what I just said? 
If we are a hurting people, Isaiah 1 and 6, if we are a hurting people, may we call on God. Matthew, I'm going to read it again. You don't have to turn back here and read. Matthew, in that 8th chapter, notice what Jesus uh, begins in the very beginning reading that we had this morning. Matthew chapter 8, notice what he tells them in the 16th verse. He says that we're possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and he healed all that were sick. We see here that Jabez, when he got to a point of hurt in his life or a curse of hurt in his life, he said he began to call on the God of Israel. So the very first thing he did was cry out to God. You know what I found is a natural reaction to pain? Screaming. I don't know why it just comes so natural to scream. You may not experience that. Matter of fact, we kind of want to bite our tongue because we want to hold back the pain that's there. God said, don't hold it back. Just direct it towards me. Today, how many of us are tough people and we want to hold back our pain that, that we are not hurting and God said, you just let it go and let it go towards me. He said, I'll hear you. Not only will I hear you, I will heal you and give you an ointment for your wounds. I know these wounds hurt. Sometimes some of the smallest of, uh, of cuts and abrasions when sweat or something gets in them, they, they burn. And we're talking about a deep pain that they were experiencing. And soon that Jabez said that, that he began to pray unto God of Israel. And this is what he prayed. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Jabez knew where his blessings come from. Do you know where your blessings come from this morning? All the things that you have. We talked about those in Sunday school before and we talk about them again. All the things that we have in their life, where do they come from? Are they a product of your labors and your works? Or are they a product of God? I'll tell you the answer, folks. All the good things that you have in life are given to you by God. God gives these things and God blesses us with all of these things. And Jabez said, he said, Lord, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. I believe that he knew that his blessings come from God and not from what he did. And he knew that if he was ever going to have any more, that they were going to come from God. But that's not the end of his prayer. Notice what he goes on to pray. He said, and would you also, God, enlarge my coast? He said, let the borders begin to grow. In other words, God, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more patience. Give me more pain. If that pain drives me to you, give me more pain. Give me more responsibilities. Give me more opportunities. He said, God, would you enlarge? He said, I don't want to grow in my way. I want to grow by what you give me. Listen to what he tells them. He says, enlarge my coast. I believe that, that Jabez was not saying, Lord, make me richer. He was saying, God, give me the things that you want to give me. But don't be a chooser this morning saying, God, I only want the good things in life. We are very, very uh, a, a stubborn people that we want to say, God, give me a list of the goods and the bads and I'm going to go down the good list and I'm going to pick all these things that I want in life. And this is what Jabez said. Jabez said, God, you enlarge my borders. You enlarge my coast. And whatever you want me to have, that's what I'm going to take. But you know what? That also tells us something. Our life has boundaries. He said, Lord, I, I recognize boundaries. I recognize there's borders. But I can tell you what I always did as a child. 
in the proverbial draw the line in the sand, if the parents always said, don't cross this line, you know exactly what I did with my foot. You take your foot and you stick it over the line. Because our nature wants to go outside the boundaries. Folks, we live in, in a world that people not only just sticking their toes outside the boundaries, they're running outside and they're setting up their homes because that's where God told them not to be. We have boundaries. And Jabez, and, and, and all this genealogy, it's just naming person after person after person. Jabez, oh, let me tell you about Jabez. Jabez was going through pain. He was born in pain. And he gives to pray. He said, God, he said, enlarge my coast. Today, folks, it's not that God's going to enlarge our coast that we can get away with more. God, enlarge our coast so that we'll stay within the boundaries, but that I can do more and more and more for you. Folks, today, I'm praying that God would enlarge our coast, much like he did with Jabez. But he said, let's keep hurrying along here. He says, enlarge my coast. He said, but I'm not going to go into this territory that I'm praying for and that thine hand might be with me, not against me. Isaiah 6, the hand of God was against them because they had rebelled and gotten out of the, the, the true heartfelt worship and through a ceremonial type uh, process they were going through. And you know what, folks? There's a difference in the hand of God with you and the hand of God against you. I learned that real quick in discipline. There was a difference in my parents holding my hand and the parents' hands getting a hold of me when I was in trouble. There's a hand with you and there's a hand against you. He said, God, that thine hand might be with me. But he goes on to say, that thou hand might be with me. Folks, Jabez invited God not only into his day, but he invited him into his life. Folks, do you want God with you? I'm not here to ask you a question and be personal with you. You don't have to give me an answer. But when you leave here in a little while, do you want God with you? Or are you going to leave God here? By the way, you can't do that. God will be with you when you're out there. But God wants to be invited in. Have you invited God into your life? Jabez said, Lord, he said, enlarge my coast. He said, I want you that thou hand might be with me and keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. I love the fact that these two verses we read about Jabez is that, and by the way, go right to the 11th verse, it goes right back to naming people again. When we live our life, sometimes we get focused on the pain in our life and we forget about the deliverance that God wants us to bring us from. For I want to close with this. Matthew chapter 8 in verse 16 And evil was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word. Man, the word of God is powerful. And he healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which the prophet Isaiah, the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Read the book of Isaiah. He sets a, a foundation for the judgment of God and how that God can deliver them from that judgment if they will depend on the sacrifice of God's only begotten Son, Jesus. Today, I do believe that we are a sinful nation. I'm not talking about the nation that you and I just reside in. 
A nation is a group of people where they're born. Folks, I believe that even as the children of God, we become a sinful people and we need God. As a church, may we not become a, a, a repetitious people that are just going through the motions. May there be some sincerity and a true heartfelt worship behind what we do. And if you're here today, and maybe at all points of our life, we can probably relate to what Isaiah 1 and 6 said. Maybe, Lord, everywhere I I'm, I'm hurting from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I'm going to close in just a second. But if you ever kind of hurt on one side, then you'll roll over to the other side. Or maybe if your back hurts, you'll stand up on your feet. If your feet hurt, you'll sit down. You know what happens when you when you when you hurt from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet? That means everywhere you go, every position you're in, you're feeling it. Folks, today God wants to give us peace and comfort in our life. But we've got to turn to Him to supply our needs. I said I was going to finish, but can I go back to Isaiah for just a second? Isaiah 1. I want you to read 1 through 20 sometime, but let's skip down to the 16th verse. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. We sin against God, but look at the 18th verse. Come now and let us reason together saith the Lord. He said, you've sinned against me, but you know what? I'm the one trying to reconcile this, this, this relationship. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient. It's tough to put that together, isn't it? Oh, I'll do it. But are you obedient? If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For who hath spoken it? Remember what he said in the second verse? Heaven and earth needs to hear this. He says, For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Today, aren't you glad today to know that we sin? And God says, Come now and let us reason together. We are a sinful nation. But folks, God today doesn't want us to stay in that state. He wants to fix us. God bless you this morning. Those are the things that I felt like I needed to say.